0: pay it forward join us to reclaim the message and the movement of jesus together so would you consider giving to this ministry i know that god is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together thank you so much god bless you and enjoy good morning and a merry christmas okay what are supposed to say merry christmas right Come on, Merry Christmas. Yes, it's not too early for Christmas. It's not, like Pastor Kristen said, we're starting early on Christmas and we are, in fact, in fact, fact, my home, uh, we had Thanksgiving. And I don't know about your Thanksgiving, how was it? I don't even want to ask. It was good, it was good, awesome, awesome. We had 27 people at our house. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was awesome, it was great. But at the end, but on Saturday, I was like, mom, get out, just leave, just leave. She doesn't listen to this message, so I'm, I'm good with her. Uh, she doesn't know. But man, it was, it was so much fun, though. Uh, so good. But we are starting early. In fact, this was the first year that we started to decorate early. My daughter, Nura, she was like, you know what? We're going to start early. So the house was decked out Christmas. Full on, outside, inside. And you know what? This year, I'm really proud. I, I low-key wanted to show you a picture or video I did, but I was like, that would be flexing, but I didn't want to do that. So... But I might post it on Insta. I don't know. I don't know. But it was—it was—it was pure. It was so pretty. And guess what? Isn't this pretty? I mean, come on. Our our people are amazing. Let's give it up. Give it up. Let's give it up. Outside, we're gonna have some more fun outside next week. So don't miss. It's gonna be great. Uh, Santa is gonna be visiting a couple of times this month as well. So we're just kind of a lot of fun. I don't know if someone was excited or no. I don't know. They're like Santa, we're out. We're out. We don't believe in this. All right, well, sorry. Um, but we, uh, we're, we're just excited because we want uh, to make sure that th- this season is filled with joy and expectation. It's filled with just good things in our life because there are people here who are experiencing just so much joy in your life. You are. I mean, just looking at a couple right now. Brand new baby. You guys at church? Amazing. Give it up. It's awesome. Awesome. I'm assuming there's a baby in there. Okay. Yeah. There. Okay. I'm assuming. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but there are also people who are uh, uh, you know reminded of loved ones who are not here. You know, I know for our family we were reminded once again in on Thanksgiving that, uh, that we have family members, uh, several of them, who are not here this year. And it's 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 messy sometimes. It gets it gets super. um uh, You know. Uh, um, Super sad, and then you're also really excited, and there's a lot of laughter, and there's also a lot of tears. And so, we decided that we were going to start a, a series called Advent. And so, if you know the calendar, it actually starts next Sunday. And so, since we're early on everything, we said we want to talk about uh, Advent and talking about certain things. Uh, hope is today, and, and then we're going to talk about peace, talk about. Um, uh, joy and love, the expectancy of it, uh, the, the, the complications that comes with receiving it, the lack of all those things that some of us might fail, face. But this morning, I wanna talk about this idea of hope um, and the, the Advent season, it actually talks about this uh, these four candles that represent uh, these four things. Uh, the first one being hope, and there's a candle of hope, and you light one. And so my goal, though, actually, uh, actually at the end of this talk, is for you to um, maybe go to the either sides of uh, the auditorium and light a candle. Now, if you are online, uh, love you guys, appreciate you guys. It's going to be hard to light a candle. Uh, so I would just get a candle and, uh, and she can play along, but, um, let's talk about hope. Let's talk about hope. Um, and when we talk about it, let's talk about the idea of hope. How many of you have ever been disappointed in life? Anybody. Okay. Uh, was it recent? Was it recent? Was it Thanksgiving? I don't know. <laughs> what, what, what was it? It was like, you're disappointed in life. What, how, what do you do when people let you down? Have people ever let you down? Okay, yes, of course they have. Of course they have. Of course they have. People, loved ones have left you, let you down. Life has let you down sometimes. You do, you know, you're in a career right now and you thought this was gonna be great and, and we we're a good, good season, and, but man, they made some promises and they did not fulfill. Uh, and for some of us, they, you find, ourso- find yourselves unemployed because all of a sudden they want to downsize and you seem to uh, can help them with that. And so they let you go. So now all your hopes and dreams of what you were going to accomplish in life or this year, you find yourself in a place where you're like, you're seriously disappointed and you've lost hope. Uh, What do you do when God disappoints you? Anybody have God disappoint them? Man, I think it's a real thing. I think for some of us, I mean, I've talked about it before as well, is that, uh, you know, God will forgive you, but um, it's a whole different conversation about you forgiving God for allowing certain things in your life. What do, you, what, do you, what do we do when life disappoints us? You know, I think sometimes we become certain kinds of people. We become people who are, I don't know, we try less. We try less at, at work, at life, and we criticize, we criticize more. Have you noticed that the people who um, have the most opinions uh, see uh, the, uh, the least amount of options in life? Like they have the most opinions, but they see the least amount of options. Why? Because when, you, when life disappoints you, you just see um, negativity all over. You become a different kind of person. When people disappoint you, what do you do? You know, you roll your eyes. That's the thing, right? How many of you know people who are like just amazing at rolling their eyes? How many of you would say, I do this really well? It's my spiritual gift. Okay, that, you got a person right there. Okay. Okay, I would say roll your eyes, but I can't see your eyes. But uh, so we'll never know. Um, but men are people, you just, you know, you live with them. You just go, this is as good as it gets. And maybe, maybe they're, you're made to them. Maybe it's a marriage and you're like, you know what? It's disappointing. I thought it was going to be this. It's not what happens. Every marriage goes through this. Every marriage goes through this. I'm looking at a young couple right now who's newly got married. Yeah, you're going to go through this. Can I get an amen from everybody else who's been married for a minute? Okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's all right. It's, It's normal. It's normal. But what do you do? What do you do? Do you lower expectations? Do you? Like I remember one counselor telling me that. They were like, the secret to a good marriage is lower your expectations. And I was like, wow. Wow. Maybe it's clarify your expectations. How about that? How about that? Not lower your expectations. Then you lower expectations in life and everything. And you just become less than what you could be in life. So I don't know about that. But what do you... Do what do I do when um, life disappoints us? And we're tempted, tempted uh, to, um, to let go of the hope that you have. See, for some of us, you have a dream out there that um, it's not coming, coming to pass. You, some of us have this vision in life, and, and right now things are not working the way they should, or they're not working as fast as they should to get you there. You have this idea of what your life could be. You've been waiting around for that relationship to come about. You're like, you're like what's going on? Am I just, am I just gonna, this is it? For others of you, you're holding on to this idea of what career could look like and what a future could look like, but it's not really happening right now. So what, 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 do, you, what, do, you, you, what do you do? What do we do? I think that God's word tells us a lot about what we can do and what we should should do. And so today, if I can remind you about anything, I want to remind you about the hope that you have. You know, the Urdu word for hope, can I teach you some Urdu? Is that all right? And you're like, what is Urdu? Okay, it's Pakistani language, okay? You're like, I thought you were Latino. No, I'm not. No, no. I thought you were Indian. No, I'm not. Not. In, no, no, no no, Pakistanis we're just better looking. that's the difference <laughs> than the Indians. If you're an Indian watching this, okay uh, I'm joking, I'm joking. I love Indians. Um, but uh the word in Urdu is the word umid so let's let's learn some Urdu. ready? Say it with me umid 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 see it's a cool word right? Umid is the word for um Hope, but the word in uh, Urdu is has so much. Uh, it's a very emotional language, and when you say umid, there you can't just flippantly say, "I hope it works out." When you say umid, there's so much heart in it. There's so much expectation. There's a there is a serious risk of being hurt, and disappointed when you say the word umid. Like my umid is. It's like I'm putting so much of myself in this thing to work out, in this relationship to work out. It's so, it's deeper. It's so much deeper. So let's talk about the umid and you and I holding on to this umid, this hope. Do we, can we, and should we? Well, Advent reminds us of that. Let me take you to a passage of scripture. The first one, it's in Isaiah. And the book of Isaiah is interesting because the prophet Isaiah, has po- is po- uh, his book speaks to people who have gone through a particular past. They're living a particular present and a future. Uh, so the book of Isaiah speaks to a people who, uh, who've gone through, if you know Jewish, ancient Jewish history, they had this exile to Babylon, which was pretty traumatic for them. But he's talking to the book of Isaiah, talking to people who've not yet experienced that. And then the book keeps on going to when they have, are experiencing it. And then also the book continues to talk to uh, people who've come out of that. So that this is a very long, like historical book in terms of it com- covers huge t- timeline. And in the middle of the book, in chapter um, nine, Isaiah says something which has become like one of the key fundamental um, you know anchor verses for Christmas. okay? So let me read this to you, and you I'm sure you'll find this familiar. It's on the screen for you. It says, "For what? For a child is what born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called what? Help me out." Wonderful counselor. Almighty God, right? Everlasting Father, the prince of peace. And his and his government and his peace will never end, and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David of all for all eternity. And then he says this, the passionate, the passionate commitment of the Lord will of the heavens armies will make this happen. So right there, there's a promise of this child who's going to restore and redeem and bring justice to things and bring um, a completion to certain things. But then there is this idea that there is a intention behind this. There's a God who's committed, is passionately committed to make this happen. This verse is uh, profound for us in this conversation because it reminds us that this hope that we have is based on a promise in the character of who God is. So you're going through some things and he's allowed some certain things to happen in your life. Uh, You're you're experiencing some loss. You're experiencing maybe even some amazing joy and you're so scared that it will go away. Like right now, life is so good. You're wondering. And behind your hope has got to be this promise. And behind that promise has got to be the person who made that promise. And that is the God of heaven. And he is passionately committed to us and to your dreams and to your hopes and to your peace and your joy and your love, God is committed to all of those things. Regardless if I feel that He's not, He is committed. In fact, let me read you this: uh, Romans five five. Romans five five. We'll put it on the screen, right? It says it says this, and this what hope does not what does not disappoint us. He says there's a, there's a hope. Um, out there that does not really disappoint. Other hopes do. You put your hope in people and places and things and seasons and jobs. uh, It's a hope that disappoints. But this hope does not disappoint us. For we know what? We know how dearly God loves, loves us. He loves us. He's passionately committed, Isaiah says, because he's given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So, I think what happens is that you and I have got to understand there is, there is a God behind what's happening in your life and he's still committed to you regardless if your, um, your candle of hope, your candle of, what's that word, the word? Umid is fading. There is a God behind it. There's a God behind it. And today I want you to light that up. So how do we do that? How do we do that? I think the first thing we do is we find out about our grip strength. How strong is our grip to hold on to hope? Now, what's interesting about this is like, for some of us, you go, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm based on my personality, man, I got this, I can do this. There's some people who can do and are up for the challenge. Do you know someone like that? If there's a challenge, they're up for it. Anybody? Okay. And then there's some people who are like, You're motivated, you're not motivated by challenge. You're like, uh, I challenge you. They're like, okay, whatever. No, you can never do this. You're right. I can never do this. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I don't like those people. I don't know how to. I don't know how to motivate them. Come on, man. They're like, I'm good. No, you're not good. No, I'm really good. No, I'm. Come on. There's got to be more. No, I'm actually very satisfied. Ah, uh, come on, right? So there is this. Um, um, this. Oh, I work out a little bit, and so when. Um, There's a workout called a farmer's carry. A farmer's carry is when you hold on to a weight and you walk with it, okay? There's no skill involved. The only thing you have to do is pick up the weight and you walk around. You pick things up, you put them down. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. The only problem with that farmer's carry is that the weight you carry and how long you carry it. So to illustrate this, I've got two kettlebells. If you don't know what a kettlebell is, it—I'll it, show you. Okay. So the first one, the first one, okay, is seventy pounds. It's a, called a two-pood. It's called a what? It's a two-pood. I don't know why they call it pood. I have no idea. I had to ask Google to spell it. They're like, did you mean poop? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean, okay, pood. So this is a seventy-pound. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Thanks. Thanks, mom. Um, yeah. So this is a, this is a 70 pound uh, um, uh, kettlebell. Okay. So if you notice, I, there's something wrong with my posture right now, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm compensating for all kinds of things, right? Okay. I'm holding on a dear life. All I just, the problem with this is not just like the, the, the fact that you can lift it is that how long can you what hold it and how long can you walk with it here's the issue with this now holding on to a hope that's extremely heavy that you're holding on it like if this dream doesn't come through i'm done if this marriage does not survive it's over it's kind of like a 2 pooed kind of a hope you're holding on to it problem is is walking with it now i'm going to attempt to walk with it okay but this is going to be pretty in- intense okay this is i got swag now right here all right okay okay, okay. All right, let's put that down. Let's put that down. Yeah, it sounds like 300 pounds, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, now this right here is a 36. 36-pound 36 kettlebell. It's called a one-pood. Pood. Pood. Yeah, <laughs> one-pood. Okay, now this is 36 pounds, and I'm like, ah, I'm good with that. Now, how long can I hold this, though? Can I do the whole talk holding this? No. No, I can't. No, they, listen, I don't know who that heckler is, but we need security to get that, okay? But no, I'm not going to do that. I'll tell you why, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how heavy that thing is. If you're holding on to 36 pounds or so, and you're walking around, I'm telling you what, give me a minute, and I'm going to start walking even funnier, okay? Look, I can't put this on the glass. It's glass here. Okay, My grip. All right, let's do this. All right, so I'm holding on to this, holding on to this. You know what's interesting about like people who work out? I work out with, there's some people who are extremely strong. There's some ladies who carry that like, I don't know, it's like it's nothing. The issue though is, is that um, it's their grip strength. It's not their bicep. It's actually their grip. It's not letting it go. They've got this grip strength that is ridiculous. You know, back in the day when I was growing up, like when I couldn't afford a gym, you know what I had? I had one of those grippy things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 you know what I'm talking about, right? Just like grip strength. And then I realized no one cares about your grip. They want to know how much you can bench. No one asks you, how much can you grip? No one ever asked that question. It's always about other things. But the grip strength is something that I think you need for hope. Like, how, how, I gotta put this down. How, how long can you hold on to hope? And what is your grip strength? See, I think for some of us, you go, you know what I need? is I just need more faith. I need to get stronger in my faith. So I have the power to have my dreams fulfilled. I have the power to have endurance and have my hopes just come to fruition. I I need to be more spiritual and I need to do whatever. And I need to have these, these, um, I don't know, these moments where I find myself uh, believing that God is able. And I think that's all good. It's all good. But I do wonder though, could God want to improve just your grip strength in all of this like is maybe that's what hope is about that's that's what it is maybe God wants you to know that that uh he does not want you to put down this hope that you have but you need to develop your your grip strength some of us you've been given this And it's not fair, life's not fair, if you notice, it's not. For some of us, you've been given this hope because it's connected to something that is not good right now. For others of us in life, you've you've been given this diagnosis. I mean, I've talked to some parents whose whose kids have been diagnosed and it's wrecking them because it's not just a one-time thing, they know it's for life. That they're gonna have to live a certain kind of way and their cousins are not. They're, no one else is going to. Like you're going to live with this condition for the rest of your life. And you're going to have to carry that burden. And you're holding on to hope that one day, just one day, or the cancer would not come back. And that's not, a, that's not this. That, that's a 70-pounder. That's a and you're holding on. You're holding on, holding on. So what do you do? Let me tell you what you do. First, you do this you realize that you can put it down. You can put it down. Because of the God that dearly loves you, you can put it down. Like there's so much anxiety that's built up for some of you because you're like, so, that hope that you have for your kids, that dream that you have for your job, that, that the concern that you have for your love life. You're like, I just want, you're holding on and you're so anxious. And have you realized that you're tired all the time? You're just tired. It's not like you're working too hard. I mean, you are. But you're just tired, your soul is so heavy, it's tired, because you've been thinking about your kids and you've been thinking about this job, and you're thinking about this marriage and you've been thinking about this person, and you've been thinking about this addiction and you've been thinking about, you're just so tired. you're holding on, holding on, and your grip strength is, le- is going, and you're like holding on, holding on. Here's how you develop good grip strength. You put it down at times. You put it down. First Peter, let me read this to you. First Peter says this. It basically says, you can put it down. First Peter says, praise be to the God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new, new birth into a living what? Hope, a living hope. He's given us this new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, for, for through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I mean, this is a lot of words to say one simple thing. That you in your own power might be holding on to your present moment, but God holds on to your future. So you can put down something that you've been holding for so long and it's wearing you out and it's affecting every part of you. And you know, when you hold on to a weight, it, it, it affects that, that, that forearm, but then affects that side and then affects the way you walk with people and the way you live your life. It affects everything. And for some of you, you've been holding on. You can let it down. If you can let down this worry that you have for your kids for just for a moment, why? You know why? Because he holds on to the future. God holds on to that. He says, I, I, I know who you are and I have given you this hope, this reassurance, this inheritance, like I'm looking into your future and I've got good things in place and I need you to realize you can put it down for a minute. And letting go of that burden or letting go of that hope doesn't mean you've given up. It just means you're taking a breather. And I hope that moments like this, when you tune in or come in here, is there moments of you just putting it down? Hey, put it down. Put that anxiety down for a little bit. I know it's connected to a hope because guess what? Worry is always justified. I don't worry about stuff that doesn't make any sense. Anybody Anybody else? I worry about stuff that's actually real. Like this could what? Happen. This could literally happen. And I'm anxious about things that have happened. Like this, like worry, anxiety, stress, it's all justified. People go, oh, don't worry about it. It's not real. It is real. It's all real. My feelings of what I feel, feelings are what? They're real. They might not be true, but they're real. Like I'm I feel this, and my body feels this. It keeps core, it feels this. And God says, Hey, I know that, I know, I know, I know. But Peter in this passage is reminding us who God is, what he has done, and what he will do. See, I've said this before. All, All faith is is your ability to remember. That's it. Just remember what he's done in the past. That's it. Faith is not all these other things. It's just the ability to remember. Hey, I do remember. I do remember. God showed up. I do remember that the reason why I'm in this moment is a lot of what God has done in my life. I just remember. So you can put down the weight. You can't hold on to that and develop good strength. Grip strength. You have to at times let go and let your body and let yourself and let your soul recover. The second thing is, God will give you endurance—a supernatural, uncharacteristic endurance in you. He'll He'll give that to you. He'll give you the ability to hold on to something, to press through that that you you you've never experienced here. Peter continues, he says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though for for a for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth and gold, which um um which perishes even through refined by fire may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ Jesus is revealed. All these, that what he's saying really is this idea of like, God understands that you're gonna go through some things and you just are, you just are, but, but he can give you endurance. And you might go, you know, I'm not an endurance guy. I'm not an endurance guy. I can, I can pick up, I can do some stuff for a little bit, but I'm not endurance. I mean, I hate cardio. Who doesn't hate cardio? But I think with hope, cardio is your best friend. When it comes to hope, when it comes to this umid, you have to have an endurance. And for some of us, we step in, we get to realize our dream, our vision, our hope, our life simply because we did not We did not quit. That's it. That's it. Like, you might not be the fastest. You might not be the quickest. You might not have all the things. You might not be the smartest. But what if you just lasted the longest? Maybe that's what it is in life. I just, I'm gonna last. What if you said, hey, I'm just gonna hold on to this. I'm just gonna last. I don't wanna be, I don't need to get here in life before so-and-so gets here in life and I don't want to have all these things set up and no, I, I, I'm not keeping up with so-and-so. and no, I, I just want to last. I just want to keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. I'm thinking long-term, what? What would happen? See, I think we would fulfill this, that our, our faith would be refined because it's refined by continual fire. That means trials and tribulations. Okay, let me give you the last thing. Okay, so the first thing was, you can put it down. Second is, he's gonna give you endurance. Lastly is, you have a chance to become someone that you never thought you could be. See, hope and how God deals with us is this invitation to become someone that we could never be on our own. See, here's where he says, he keeps on going, right, in this passage. And he says, though you have not seen him, you what? You love him. You believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. He says to Peter, he says to to Peter, says to his people, he goes, hey, I got a chance to see him. So I became a certain person because I interacted with him. But you, you have never seen him and you love him. Friends, do you know? The kind of person you are, you're in this room. You 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 could you you could do anything with this hour, okay? Some of you guys are like I know, I know, I know. Okay, we'll talk about that later. But but you're here, you're here, and you show up. You tuned in. You're here. You you serve from from out of state. I mean, there are people who who are volunteers from out of state, out of the country, actually, even. I mean, you're you're doing this. Do you know you love someone you've never seen? You've never seen him. Do you know you believe in something that you can't prove? You can't prove it. You can't. Like, uh, you, you are a certain breed of people. I mean, I had a supernatural experience with God where I saw a vision of Jesus and changed my life from being a Muslim to... Now, Christian and all that, and and people go, "Oh my gosh, you're so special." Uh, let me just tell you, I I, I think I cheated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I kind of saw him. Maybe some of you have not, and you still what? You still love him. What's what kind of people are those? What kind of people hold on to stuff you can't see? You don't know if it's gonna pan out. You just don't know. It's those kinds of people that are in this room. You are a special breed of people that hold on to hope. You are becoming a certain kind of individual, not just for yourself, but for generations. And that, my friends, is precious. So don't, don't give up if you're thinking about it. And if you think you're so far off, And man, it's going to take forever to turn this whole ship around. You are closer than you think. Why? Because you love someone you don't see. You believe in someone you just don't even can make a case for. So you are in this room. You're in this moment. You are not done. It's not over. Maybe, just maybe, this year did not start off well. Maybe it did, and now it just hit a puddle or something else, and you're like, I'm not quite sure, I'm not quite sure. I get it, life gets, life gets too much sometimes. It gets too much, too much. Let me read you this passage. I wanna pray this over you, all right? It says this, it says, John 16, this is a little extra for you, okay? It says, here on earth, you will have many, trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So friends, where are you on this? Where are you? What are you carrying? Um, what, are you, what, are you, what are you carrying? And let me ask you one last question before we end. Why are you carrying it alone? Why are you carrying it Alone. The hope that you're carrying. Why are you carrying it alone? For some of us, you feel like you're just all alone. Like you got nothing. There's no, no, there's no one helping you out. No one helping you out. You know, going back to the whole working out thing, you know, with the farmer's carry. You know what's really great when we have a farmer's carry? When the, the workout is a partner workout. You know what that means? That means you walk with someone who's not really carrying this weight. And when you're tired, you do what? Yeah, hint. I'm always tired. So you're going to be carrying my weight. So, um, you know, life is a partner workout. I know it's a little cheesy, but it's true. And if you think it's not, that explains why you're tired and walking funny. It's supposed to be a partner workout you holding on to so much stuff. You are holding on to so much hope. It's not lightweight. Listen, disease is not lightweight. This, this job loss is not lightweight. This divorce is not lightweight. Holding on for a relationship for years, oh my God, is not lightweight. It's not praying for something and praying for something and seeing it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Is not light weight. And you are tired because you're carrying it all by yourself. And I'm not talking about give it to Jesus. I'm saying give it to a friend who says, hey, I will help you carry it. Let me ask you, let me challenge some of you because you find yourself in a great place right now. Whose hope can you hold on to for just a minute? Like whose dream, like your bestie, right? Your boy, your your person, your, your whatever, a group of people, whatever. You, uh, whose dream can you just carry just for a minute? Like whose hope can you just, 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 just keep safe? Whose vision can you champion? Like who can you just, Help carry their stuff. Or is it just like, dude, I'm so burdened? Because I'll tell you one thing. If you if you begin to live a life that you carry other people's dreams and hopes and visions, there will be people in your life who will do the same thing for you. And you might go, no, 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 that does it's not true. It's not true. Well, you don't have the right people then. But the only way this works. And hope works for us here on earth is that if we carry each other's burdens. That's why Galatians 6 says this. What? Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. He's like, hold on to other people's hopes. For in this way, you will fulfill God's law, like the law of love. So let me pray for us. Let me pray that for what you're holding on to, but let's also pray for how you can hold on to someone else's. And for some of you who are like, you know what? I've already lost it, man. I'm, I'm done praying for this, whatever. Well, here's what I want you to do. We're going to sing one more song like we always do. And we allow people to go and just respond in whatever way. You might sit, write something, uh, you know, if you're taking notes or just feel like God's speaking to you. You might go to the cross, uh, put something there. You might um, receive communion. Um, but maybe some of you, you need to go back and, and you need to light a candle of hope today. And what that is, is, is that it's that thing that you stopped praying for because you were sorely disappointed that did not work out. And it's not working out. You light it. And for some of you, you might be reminded of someone that you need to light a candle for. So let's do that together. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you for Umid. I thank you that you have given us this hope in our hearts, in our lives, and it's founded on the promise that you've made to us, God. Not you've come and said something that hopefully will be done. No, you. In fact, it was connected to you making a promise and then having it fulfilled in Jesus. And now we look forward to the next. So Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for your commitment to us, that you are going to hold on to us even though we are tempted to let it all drop. That God, we can set it down because we know that you're still holding on. God, your grip strength on us is not affected by our sin, by our doubt, by our lack of zeal, or even by our attitude. God, you're holding on and you continue to hold on to us. So God, I pray that you would remind us of that. And as we respond, you would remind us in places that we have not recognized that you were there. Jesus, you were right there in the middle of it. I pray that. In Jesus' name.